You are listening to Beyond Smart Buildings by PropMoto, where we explore the eight principles that go into intelligent space. To listen to other episodes from this series, just search for PropMoto wherever you listen to your podcasts. When you think of cities known for advancements in technology, you probably don't think of Hartford, Connecticut. But when it comes to technology for buildings, Hartford was the birthplace of a pretty significant innovation. In 1983, construction had just finished on the City Place building. The office tower sits next to the XL Center, where the now non-existent professional hockey team, the Hartford Whalers, used to play. From the outside, the building, what was on the outside of the building that landed on the front page of the New York Times? Okay, it was the front page of the business section, but still. The City Place building was considered the first quote-unquote intelligent building. It was a pilot project for a company with the inventive name of Building Systems. Building Systems is a subsidiary of United Technologies, which is now known as Raytheon. The project put a system of fiber optic cables in the building called by the then trademark name Data Highway. The information from all of the building systems flowed into a central computer terminal with a large domed monitor and a chunky keyboard that looks like something out of a 60s-era science fiction illustration. This move made a lot of sense for United Technologies. At the time, its other subsidiaries were Otis Elevator and Carrier Air Conditioning. One of the things that makes this project interesting in hindsight was the way that United Technologies tried to monetize it. They agreed to pay for the infrastructure up front, hoping to create a new data service business line that would charge each tenant for their data and telecommunications needs. This business model obviously didn't work out. The internet made data infrastructure a necessity in buildings and placed internet service providers as the middleman for tenants' data services, not the building management systems. Today, the City Place building does not trade at a premium from the other buildings in the area. There's no mention of the building's technology or its designation as the first intelligent building anywhere in its marketing material. So why didn't the innovation put into the City Place building stand the test of time? Why didn't United Technologies become the leader in smart building technology like they'd hoped for? One of the things that was missing from the City Place project was a focus not just on the technology, but on the outcome. A building can be more intelligent, but if it doesn't help its occupants, it's hard to make a case that it is any better. This idea that the smarts of a building has less to do with the technology and more to do with what it can do for the end user is a growing one. It requires rethinking the way buildings are architected, both physically and digitally, with the end outcome in mind. I interviewed someone who has placed his flag in the sand as a strident defender of this way of thinking about building intelligence. He thinks that in order to get the most out of our buildings, we need to create frameworks that will help make buildings not only smarter, but better. My name is Vincent Dermody. I'm a civil engineer, uh, managing director with Con Resnick in AsiaPAC. I've been working in the smart space, smart building, smart city area for well over 10 years now. And uh, in that time, I've seen the industry grow and take on a great dynamic, as it has done in the last few years. But I'm very, very keen that we grow the industry in a very structured, framework-driven manner. And I think that's critical. So if we look over the history of IT and technology, when we start to bring frameworks to bear and bring structure to bear, we actually get the best outcomes. So 
when it comes to getting the best out of your digital assets, I really truly believe we have to be architected in how we do it from a digital point of view to build and live the strategy. The world doesn't run in functions. The, run, the world runs in processes and flows. So everything is about the flow. So my experience in your building is a flow of all these things together. And you have to design for that. And that flow needs all aspects, not just the technical aspect of I have an app. Well, that's wonderful, but like it has to connect to all the stages of my experience. Otherwise, my experience is flawed. All it takes is one, one mistake in your experience chain, and the experience is a negative experience. Vinny has worked with real estate teams all over the world to help them upgrade their buildings and portfolios. He and his team have created a framework for the technology that uses eight important principles that all need to be considered for a building to be thought of as smart. The first four technical. The first one is obvious. The building technology has to integrate. On the functional technical side, we saw four fundamental capabilities and principles that you have to hit. The very obvious one that everybody can see very quickly is integrate. You have to be able to integrate. You have to have, you have, to have the sensing system connected. You have to have effectively the nervous system of your building has to be in place, has to be integrated. And I would actually say nervous system is a good way to think about it because in the same way as the nervous system in your body connects the physical in your muscles together, it also connects the virtual as in the concepts in your brain together. The same thing happens when we talk about connecting and integrating in the building. You connect the physical things that actually manage the building, but you also got to connect to these virtual things that are beyond the building and are conceptual when it comes to the building. Buildings have a lot of component systems. Getting them to talk to each other is fundamental, but it's only the first step. In order to use the data that buildings gather to help make them better, the next principle needs to be considered. Insight. On top of integrate, you then have to have insight as in I'm getting information out. So there's no point having sensors and uh, networks and all kinds of stuff pumping out. It has to tell you something. It has to inform you. It has to give you insight. And it's not, it's, uh, I'm using the word insight and inform, not data, because data is the product of sensing, but insight and inform is the product that actually informs decisions. I am now making decisions based upon the insight. In other words, I'm getting the the content and the data that helps me make decisions and do something. Only once integration has been created and insights are being generated, can a building work on the third principle on Vinny's list, intelligence. Then once you have your integration and your insight and sites, the third capability you're really trying to achieve is this intelligence across that. So intelligence is where, you know, the digital world is making decisions for you. So X amount of people come through your door, Aircon responds with the loading and type and, and, and to, to, to address that. And you start optimizing lifts and things of this nature. All, all those algorithms and all, those, all, all the machine learning, all that smart stuff that we're talking about. But it's effectively that intelligence. The building now responds to the integrated insightful information that's coming to it. And it's actually starting to optimize itself based upon that. Making a building intelligent might seem like the end game for any building designer. Generally, this is where the purview of technology is seen as ending. But Vinny is just getting started with his principles. He argues that none of the technology is really worth its cost. None of it is robust unless it has integrity built into it. You're trying to, you're trying to ensure integrity. Now, integrity is a broad uh, holder for a number of things. It's about security. It's about risk. It's about privacy. 
Um, it's all those aspects put together. And it's not just about the risk to the actual building, the risk to the equipment in the building. It's also risk to individuals who may be actually sharing some information with the building. So integrity is that broad cyber umbrella that makes sure that, okay, the integrate inside intelligent is done in a proper way. The next four principles are not technical. They are behavioral. Smart buildings have to consider not just how they function, but how they function for their users. The first one of these behavioral principles in the smart building framework is intuition. I think this is a critical one that gets looked overlooked quite a lot. Intuition is, you know, if we walk into a, any building, any, any skyscraper in Chicago or in Singapore or in London, we by default have an instinct as to, to know where the lift shaft is and where the actual restrooms are because they're typically in the core. So intuition of how we interact with the building is something we've got to leverage and not ignore. And I'll give you a quick example of that. There was a real flurry for a few years for everybody to have their own app for the building, you know, the, the X app for our building. And you've got to think about this. If I go to LA, do I want to have a different map product to see the maps of LA or do I just want to use Google Maps? If I go to New York, I just want to use Google Maps. So my intuition is that I know to use Google Maps. My intuition is I look for something on Google Maps and I see everything around it. Why would you enforce somebody to change the app by which they're actually using every time they come into a different building? So we've got to be thinkful of that and not get caught up in our own uh, ideas of our, our, our uniqueness. There are certain things that are unique about the buildings. There's also things where we've got to go, okay, play to the intuition that people are going to actually have when they're coming to the building and leverage it strongly. And that will make it a more enjoyable and more consistent experience for people. One of the hard things about designing anything is that you have to think about how it might be used by the vast array of people who might use it. To make sure that buildings keep in mind the different ways that buildings can be experienced, as different as us humans are unique, the next principle should be considered. That principle is inclusion. The second behavior one we talk about is inclusive. And this is a massively critical thing that I think is totally missed by a lot of digital strategy at the moment in and in smart buildings. Inclusive being mindful of all the variations of uh, ableness that we actually have to accommodate and think for. Uh, the very obvious ones, everybody thinks it's a, you know, if I have a wheelchair ramp and it's wheelchair accessible, I've pretty much covered it all off. And unfortunately, it's not the case. You know, we talk like a very classic one that came up in the pandemic times was um, touchless, touchless doors, touchless uh, lifts, things of that nature, which is great to solve that problem. However, you roll this back and you think about somebody who's visually uh, challenged or had visibility problems, they tend to use touch as a primary way of actually getting around. It is a, it's a key way by which to navigate. Braille on doors or braille on buttons is a critical part of navigation for them. Uh, likewise, you talking about service dogs and things of that nature, and accommodating all that into your thinking, and then you like they're, they're the very evident uh, inclusion uh, elements that we need to think about. But you also have to think about people who are neurally diverse. Um, some people aren't particularly keen on a lot of noise or a lot of speaking or uh, robo, uh, robo noises or robo speak of that nature. So you've got to really work through the full spectrum of all of your inclusiveness to make sure that when you design your digital, you're not just thinking of a, you know, your, your, your generic Mary and John. 
it tends to represent a very, very small uh, amount of people that we actually look at. So it's really about making sure you actually have a broad thinking uh, from an inclusive point of view, looking at mobility, looking at neural, looking at sensory diversity, and ensuring that you're designing with a robustness that allows all these people to actually experience the building in a genuinely pleasurable way. Unlike other products, a building is just one piece of a larger organism that we call a city. This means that for a building to perform at its peak, it needs to do right not just by its occupants, but by its neighbors and society as a whole. This is the basis for the next smart building principle, involved. Involved is really about looking at your building and saying, or looking at any asset and saying, okay, how is this involved around itself? So again, this is a very ESG-centric kind of word. But you're involved in your precinct. Are you involved in your environment? Are you involved in your community? How do you? How how is it behaviorally, socially, physically, you know, resource-wise, utility-wise? How is it involved? Is it like the? Um, does it does it contribute power back to the grid via a solar array? Does it? Um, you know, is is the building? Um, integrated well with local transport to encourage the use of local transport? How is it connected to the city? How does it inform the city? All those aspects. So it's really about connecting it into its ecosystem in a, you know, from utilities point of view, from an experience point of view, uh, from a contribution to community point of view, and as a resource to community. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of thinking with architects whereby the foyers of buildings and the space around the buildings are actually public spaces that actually you know, try to draw the living city into that. Well, how do you do that in an involved sense? It is only after all of these things are considered that building systems designers should think about the last principle, innovation. Innovation is the robustness built into buildings that allows them to be flexible, or at least as flexible as giant immovable objects can be. And then finally, innovation. Um, innovation meaning the constant ability to change and evolve and problem solve and basically respond to the needs of people. It's not about sitting down and putting wonderful tech in. It's about being flexible and being, be, being flexible and agile to constantly respond and constantly problem seeking, problem solving in how you do it. So effectively what we're saying is putting in technology in a structured way that allows it to evolve. And this is, this is, there's a, there's a critical, critical, um, there's a critical way to do this because you can remove an app from your iPhone um, just by deleting it. You can actually have an app on your iPhone and you can dismiss it in six months' time and replace it with a new app. That's very simple. But when you've got to take out a screwdriver or a sledgehammer to change something, you know, it's, 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 it's not very changeable or it's a, it's a harder thing to change. So you've got to stratify your technologies to understand, okay, what are the, what's the stuff that actually is going to be sledgehammer to change, screwdriver to change, and what's the stuff that's an app that it can change? And making sure that you're actually getting that, that the sledgehammer stuff right. There's stuff that's going to be stuck there for a while. Make sure it's right. Make sure it's broad. Make sure it's purposeful. Make sure it has capacity to do more than what it needs to do right now, that it can evolve very quickly or very easily. And it can actually serve tomorrow's purpose, not just today. These eight smart building principles, again, are integrate, insight, intelligent, integrity, intuitive, involved, and innovative. They are all needed to make our buildings better and should be considered as we decide the future of our built world. In order to explore all of these principles in more depth, I have chosen eight 
building, and real estate experts, each with their own stories of how these ideas have affected their work. Please join me in my exploration of these topics in this podcast series about the innate principles of intelligence space. Thanks for listening. This series is brought to you by Cohen Resnick, a leading U.S. advisory, assurance, and tax firm with a global perspective and extensive experience in commercial real estate. As our post-pandemic world continues to take shape, Cohen Resnick believes that the industry's new normal must be one centered around trust, where investors, tenants, landlords, and communities can trust one another to find common ground while creating value and addressing risk. Visit Cohen Resnick's Resource Center at cohenresnick.com slash building trust for insights and tools to propel your business forward. Again, that's C-O-H-N-R-E-Z-N-I-C-K dot com slash building trust.